Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outsports podcast, Outsports Radio, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, got it May 1st. The, the communists are celebrating in, in, <laughs> in Russia, Jim. Yes, and I'm celebrating at the Iowa House Hotel in Iowa. <laughs> so, Jim. Freedom. Uh, well, a couple of times a year, I had to, to visit a friend at the University of Iowa in Iowa City. And all I know is I keep getting messages from Jim about being stuck here, there, and everywhere between Los Angeles and Iowa City. So, please, what happened? Well, my my quick trip to Iowa City yesterday took 22 hours from the time I left my house until I arrived about an hour ago. Right. <laughs> it was the, the worst. Uh, LAX had that major computer glitch with the FAA computers yesterday afternoon, right when my flight was boarding, and 10,000 people were affected, hundreds of flights were affected. My flight left late. It left so late there was no way to make the connection in Denver to Cedar Rapids, and there aren't a whole lot of flights that go to Cedar Rapids. And so Brent, our friend, as usual, the whiz, was able to get me a flight to Chicago, and then I would get Chicago to here. It would have been an overnight because everything was just madness yesterday with everybody rebooking. So the flight to Chicago, <coughs> ready to depart four hours late from when it was supposed to, and then we get ready to plane, and they say, oh, we have a maintenance problem. We're canceling it. <laughs> Go to a hotel. Wow. Did you have to pay for the hotel? No, but this is, you know, midnight, and, you know, oh. so it's the Hampton, Hampton Inn. Um, <laughs> it has a special like Hampton Inn uh, airport or something. So we all trundle on a, the Hampton Inn shuttle bus. Turns out it's a different Hampton Inn bus because we're a different Hampton Inn. <laughs> the guy doesn't tell us he was ready to take off. We all trundle off the bus, wait another 20 minutes, and the bus comes, and it's half as big as the other one. So there's a whole de- debate about who's going to get on the bus or not, and, Anyway, I get to the I get to the hotel at one thirty in the morning and have a wake up call for three thirty in the morning so I can get my flight that Brent was able to find me the last seat out of Denver to Minneapolis. And that the last leaves seat? Oh, I see. In the morning, last right. seat, uh, the last seat in the morning, and to make the connection to uh, Cedar Rapids. Of course, that flight is late, and the entire time flying. Oh, great! And so we get off and. I tore a muscle in my foot playing football, and I had to do the sprint to the <laughs> to the Cedar Rapids thing, and did finally make it, and then finally got into the, the, the hotel. So from Denver to what? Minneapolis, because Denver to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Cedar Rapids, because there was no all the flights from Denver to Minne- to Cedar Rapids were booked today. Every single seat was sold on every single flight. Oh, wow. So you know, <laughs> and Brent, of course, is a whiz at. I never would have found this. I probably would have been in Fresno right now. It wasn't for Brent. I don't know what it would, you know. <laughs> but anyway, that is just modern traveling, and you know, in 2014, it just takes one thing, and the whole system goes to hell. Wow, that's awful. Well, you're you're all settled in in, in Iowa City, where I'm sure it's cloudy and and 50 degrees. 
Oh, it's it's 46 degrees with a wind chill factor like minus 46. I'm freezing because all my all of my luggage isn't here yet because it's stuck in Chicago. So <laughs> I have a light jacket. Oh and it, I don't plan on going out much. I'm going to take a long nap after this podcast is over. So, <laughs> how long are you in Iowa City? I've been uh, for well now it's five nights. It was supposed to be six nights. Now it's five nights. All right. Well, that's not bad. So I will get a chance to relax, and so I love it. It's a nice place you were here. It's a great little college town. And, well, I'm but sure hopefully the flight back will be uh, <laughs> even better. I'm sure it'll be fine. You'll be good. You'll be good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you've been – we haven't even talked about the Donald Sterling stuff. I mean, usually we hop on the phone during the week, but it's been such a crazy week. Um, first of oh, all, yeah, I'm, I'm we, obviously working at the LA Times also. I'm also up to snuff on oh, it. Oh, so. right. Yeah, yeah, of course. <clears throat> Well, we're going to have Jimmy Williams from Warham Sports on in just a few minutes. Uh, and if you want to call in the chat, the number is 347-945-7834. So well, what, what's, what was the buzz around the L.A. Times? I mean, is this obviously it's been a few days. The hammer came down on him, so to speak. And, uh, you know, is, is, is this issue over for people at the L.A. Times? Is it just starting? What's the tenor there? Well, I think a lot of people, I mean, the paper itself had covered him extensively. And a lot of stuff that, you know, was kind of like, gee, why did it take so long? All, especially the stuff with him being a slumlord and discriminating against blacks and Latinos. Yeah. Saying that block, you know, blacks brought uh, vermin into apartment buildings. A lot right, of people yeah. there on the news side were like, well, this has all been documented and reported. And if by watching cable news where they always flash up the headlines. I mean, the L.A. Times stories were the ones people were flashing because they did a lot of stuff on that. Um, I, it's, it's a huge story. I mean, it was banner, you know, banner of the of the, the day after Stern announced it, which is, you know, pretty dramatic to have the entire sort of top of the front page devoted to it. But he's also one of the biggest advertisers in the L.A. Times, which is very interesting. But what was it? Uh, he, He's a big advertiser in the L.A. Times. He's always oh, running is. ads for Donald Sterling Properties and Donald Sterling Humanitarian Award. I mean, he's always being honored by someone for for being a great humanitarian. We always just joke about right. it. We see the ads like, how much did he pay to get this award? And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I guess it's sort of the beginning of the end. I mean, until it's actually sold. And I, people seem to think he's going to somehow legally contest it. For whatever that'll be worth, but well, what's been weird to hear is that people, some people are saying, "Oh, you know, he he's he's he um, he has legal ground because you can't, uh, you know, because you can't infringe on his First Amendment rights, and so you know, he can't, uh, you know, be, because he can say whatever he wants, and you can't ban him for that. You don't have cause, and 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 then." You know, I hear other people say, well, you know, if he was recorded illegally, then the NBA can't use that as evidence. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they, they can do that. Like, recording no, I think the legal thing. Yeah, recording, the, the person who made the recording could be in some legal trouble right. if someone wanted to make legal trouble because California has a, a two-party law unlike some states. The legal issue wouldn't be so much the First Amendment as – the NBA bylaws, he, you know, I read a legal analyst saying he could claim, you know, it has to do with gambling and some other things that he could claim this isn't. But even that seems like a thin read. But um, he's very litigious. I mean, he sues and he'll fight. So and he's told Jim Gray of NBC Sports twice in the last two days that he's not selling, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, you know, well, maybe he could also take claim. 
Yeah, it's also, I mean, he, well, he also then claimed, that, you know, he's getting not a fair market value, that because it's sort of a fire sale, he's getting less than what it should be. I mean, all that stuff's for the lawyers, but uh, I think everybody was sort of stunned at, how, at, at what the commissioner did, because a lot of people had thought it would be a limited suspension, you know, one of those things. So he really brought the hammer down. Well, it, well, we have uh, we have Jimmy Williams calling in from, from War on the Sports. Jimmy, how are you today? Sid, how are you? How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Oh man, I'm doing great. The weather's beautiful here in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I'm doing doing pretty good. Jim's stuck in Iowa City, so he. Oh, <laughs> sorry to I'm hear not that. Stuck here. I'm, I was actually stuck in well, Denver on a, the airport. I'm actually happy to be here, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what yeah, I meant. I've actually been to Iowa City. It's not bad. Jimmy, you know, we were just we were just talking about uh, uh, Adam Silver's response to Donald Sterling, and and, and you know, mm-hmm. Jim said the people at the LA Times were kind of surprised. It was so overwhelming. I just didn't think there was anywhere else Sterling uh, that Silver could go with it. I mean, anything less. And I I think he he really risked players not playing. And and some of the Warriors said that. If it had been any less, they were they were prepared to walk off the court. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I think his hand was kind of forced. But with that being said, I, I would be lying if I say I wasn't shocked. You know, and, and of course, this was his first test as commissioner. But we're used to how the league ran with Stern. Um, and maybe I watched too much House of Cards, but I thought like maybe he would be like Frank Underwood and do some like you know backdoor thing, and nothing would happen, and it would be swept under the rug. You know, but. But with that being said, it, his hand was definitely forced. I, I don't see any other way out of this. Um, I heard you guys talking about the legal aspects of the case, and I think that's very interesting. Um, this whole thing is, is, is complex. It's not as simple. I mean, it, it, it's disgusting as some of the things he said. This is an uh, interesting, um, you know, it's going to be interesting historically for the NBA and also sports in general, because I wonder whether this sets a precedent in terms of uh, him being recorded and it being used uh, to kind of lose his franchise. No, I was just going to say, as much as anything, I'm sorry, it it seemed to me that this is almost a a culmination of his history that even though Adam Silver said it wasn't about the past stuff, I think that played an enormous role. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. If he was everybody's best buddy, everyone thought, oh, he's the sweetest, nicest, kindest guy who would never say a racial thing, and I'm shocked that I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. It's like he's been getting away with it for this long, and he gave them—he finally gave them the rope to, you know, he—he—he he, he, he did this to himself um, uh, for stupidity, and you know, uh, I think that it's the time we live in, and it shows the power of like social media as well as technology, because this thing spread so fast, and, and public opinion jumped against him so fast, because I hear a lot of people saying, well, why didn't they do anything before? And and I think about the fact that the Clippers really weren't relevant, and a lot of people had no idea. I mean, I've even heard some athletes say, well, I didn't know about his history. I mean, a lot of it was a matter of public record. But what happened is once this came out, the rest of his history came out. It's sort of like a snowball effect. Once this happened, and, and you know, it's his fault, he allowed his entire history, his, you know, his nasty history to be, uh, you know, kind of put out there for the public to judge. Well, so so uh, so you think that, that he's going to to fight this and, and that – I mean, well, you know, well, what happens – if he is the owner still next 
November. Do, 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 will free agents sign with this team? Will Will draftees sign with this team? Will people play for this team? Do you think, Jimmy, if he's still that, the that's owner? That's interesting. That's interesting because I know um, that he has this thing in business where he doesn't like to sell anything at all. Um, his his real estate, he has this thing of buy and hold, and I, I kind of figured that he would fight this thing. But I agree with you. I think that even if there's a new owner, that name, the Clippers, is, is, is forever tarnished. And I also uh, – something I thought about is, what would happen if he's forced to get rid of the team, but maybe they, cause I heard rumors of his son-in-law taking over. So, cause the ruling was just that he can't be the owner, but it's not saying he couldn't sell to someone in his own family. And, you know, so everybody's celebrating as if the fight is over, but there's a lot left to see what happens because you're absolutely right. If he fights this and he's still there, I mean, do the players want to uh, come back and play or are they going to boycott next year or will something else happen in the news that make them forget about what's going on here? I mean, I think part of it is, you know, his wife's also involved. There is, I guess, a strange wife, and now the L.A. Times dug up some racial stuff. She said that, that Doc exactly. Rivers was not even aware of until he heard he read the paper yesterday. And so he had, I guess, gone to the locker room and talked, told the players how they all, you know, they love Mrs. Sterling. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's in a tough bind, and it turns out she's saying some stuff that's also pretty like, well, you roll your eyes. And so Doc Rivers is like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, she was named in that lawsuit years ago as well, and she, you know, she so so she has a history as well as he has. So I just wonder, like, you know, whether whether the, the fight will continue in terms of getting this team live, because the team is forever tarnished. You know, let's just face it: the name the Clippers brings up a negative connotation at this point. I mean, not that it didn't before, <laughs> from a basketball well, standpoint, for other reasons. But, <laughs> but for other reasons, you know, it's like this, this thing is a mess. And I, I just want to see whether, you know, because I heard the rumor of his, his son-in-law, and I don't know how I feel about that. Like, you know, are you really changing anything? And, and how will that affect the team, like you said, when free agents? And also the players that are currently there. What happens if they, if they all say, hey, enough is not done, we're not coming back? Uh, I had the um, honor of speaking with uh, John Carlos. Um, you know, from the 1968 Olympics who had the protest. And his opinion was uh, they should have played because, you know, some people say, well, they shouldn't have played, but they handle things in the offseason. So I wonder if nothing is done by the offseason, whether that will actually happen, you know, whether the players will say, okay, well, not enough is not done at this point. And the way they were celebrating after, and, and of course, you have to give the commissioner credit for what happened, but, I, you know, sometimes people act as if the fight is over and it really isn't. So I want to see what happens uh, long-term with the situation. It was interesting listening to guys like Chris Broussard and even Magic Johnson saying after the, after after uh, their commissioner's announcement, "Oh, everything's better," and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the game tonight, or I wish I was in LA to go to the game tonight. Chris Broussard from ESPN even said uh, that there is now no reason to criticize the Clippers anymore. I, I, yeah, I, 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 that, yeah I, I didn't get that either. Like, and, and I, I mean, even with Kevin Johnson, the words he was speaking, I'm like, you know. It, you would think that uh, Adam Silver ended like hunger in the world, the way they were talking about this guy after the, the decision. And, I mean, I just didn't get that. There's still things left. I mean, you know, he, he, he did as much as he could. But until until the team is no longer in his control, um, you know, it's still going to be a situation. It's still going to have a, a cloud over the team, so to speak. And something has to be done, like, long term, you know, until he sells. And, of course, he's going to fight this, but – you know, he's going to hurt himself. It would be best if he stepped up and just said, look, you know, let me get out of here. I'm an older guy and it's over with. But I don't know. He's known to love litigation. So we'll see what happens. 
And he also, he loved going to the games. I mean, he could have moved them to Anaheim, but he didn't want to drive 25 more miles to the games. Exactly. I mean, so literally, I the sole party. reason he didn't take a sweetheart deal. So I mean, this. I. I, it's, I mean, I don't. You know, I don't know what his legal team's going to be telling him, but his whole history is he does. He does not go down without a fight, and it'll be interesting to see if how much roadblocks he can throw up to. Even if he ultimately has to sell the team, maybe it drags out months and months. Yeah, and that's the thing. And how how will that how will it dragging out, you know, hurt, you know. Um, What's going to happen long term with that team? Because let's face it, this is one of the first times the Clippers are even relevant from a basketball standpoint. And you know, you're so, you're so bad of an owner that when your team becomes relevant, you find a way to mess that up too. That's not basketball related. I mean, <laughs> think about that. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but this, this can be ugly for them if he fights this and it drags on and drags. I mean, you know how things can drag on in court. And you know, that's the one thing I can say. I was shocked at how fast Silver came to a decision. But like like Sid said, his hand was kind of forced. But, you know, you, you think this came out Saturday night and, you know, a couple of days later, this guy's talking about losing his franchise over a couple of days. Well, we're talking with Jimmy Williams from uh, Warnham Sports. If you want to call in, it's 347-945-7834. You know, again, I, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have had a game on Tuesday night. And the Warriors said if they didn't do something, that they yeah. were going to walk off. But, you know, something I want to ask you about, Jimmy, and what I'm mm-hmm. trying to understand is, you know, you're black. Jim and I are mm-hmm. white. Yeah. And some of the some of the, the, the tenor that I've heard from some people like Kareem and and Bamani Jones and almost it almost feels like I don't know, we're doing something wrong. Like mm-hmm. almost like there are people are rolling their eyes that oh well the white people finally had a way to look like they they're they're um they're against racism and so you know where where were they the rest of the time? Where were they on other issues? And this mm-hmm. one is so easy. They don't. You know, it's 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 almost like you're not even doing anything by by opposing Donald Sterling because it's so obvious. Uh, what do you I, I think totally about get, all that? What can we do? Yeah, I totally get where you're going with that, and I totally understand where they're coming from. Um, as, as someone who talks sports, and this is what we do for a living, and I hear all the time that uh, outside of this issue, just many other issues. Uh, that you guys, you know, we hear it every day. You guys mix uh, social issues and sports. Leave it alone. My sports is my sports, and, and social issues are social issues. A lot of people don't see how uh, they connect. Um, and what happens is when you have a situation like this, you do have a lot of people who otherwise don't want to mix these issues are ready to talk. Now, this, you, you can't generalize and say everyone because there are a lot of people such as yourself and, and many others who touch on these topics all the time. But there are those who, who, who come out of the woodworks now. And, I mean, I had an argument with a guy the day before we were talking sports, and I, and I brought up something, you know, uh, that, was, that was racially coded. And he says, oh, here you go. You're a race baiter. All you do is talk about social issues and human rights, and I want to talk about X's and O's. And the next day, you know, he has all kinds of comments, uh, you know, on our social media pages in, in reference to what's going on. So I understand coming from because there are a lot of people who could care less, but it's a hot topic, so they jump on it. But there are those, you know, you can't generalize because there are those that understand how how these things connect and are there on a daily basis. So I get both sides. I understand exactly what you're saying. But the fact of the matter is we have to have this dialogue all the time. You know, now it's, now it's convenient to have the dialogue because, you know, Sterling gave us the platform. But a lot of people are scared to have these dialogues. I know you're not because we've had talk. I know you're not, but a lot of people are. Well, Joe, I have a question about that. Is this issue a race issue? And I say if he had made comments about 
Latinos, like immigrants, or mm-hmm. for a Sid and I thing, gay gay people in in such a way? Do you think the reaction would have been different? What is what's your feeling about how how much race played a factor in it when you have eighty percent of your players are black and you know they're they're your they're basically the reason you exist right now as yeah, a you know yeah. as an international. I, I so think, do you think it would I have been different if it had been women, Latinos, gays, or other groups? Well, you know, that that's a great question, and I put a lot of thought into that. And the fact of the matter is, when you listen to the tapes, it, he disrespected everyone. He was he was sexist on the tape. Um, you know, he said minority. So, I, But I do understand how crazy it sounds when you look at, you know, the team he owns, the sport, because people have to understand in the African-American community, like, basketball is our thing. As much as America loves football, basketball, we love basketball. That's our sport. Uh, I saw Mike Wilbon equated to religion. I mean, and I understood where he was coming from. Growing up in the inner city, basketball is our thing. So when you look at him uh, in the business of basketball, when a a majority of his team is African-American, I think it just made him look a little crazier. Um, I think that because of the way information spreads, that it would have been an issue regardless of, of, of what he was talking about or who he was talking about. But I think that, you know, it did make it a, a little a little more difficult for him to kind of get out of this, considering he runs a basketball franchise and he's talking about his employees. I mean, but when you really dig into the tapes, he's being sexist as well. Uh, no one talks about that. Um, so he, he's, he's talking. I mean, he's talking about minorities. And then when you when you dig into his history and see some of the things he said about Mexican and Latino people, you know, you understand that this guy is just you know from a different generation and a different mindset. Well, I, 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 I think that you, what you just said is profound and, and I think kind of makes the, the, the point that, well, certainly where I'm coming from, because, you know, we talked earlier about his hand being forced. Chris Paul, well, maybe it wasn't Chris Paul, but the Warriors, uh, you know, what, it wasn't even the Clippers. The Warriors were going to walk off that court Tuesday night and they said mm-hmm. they would have just taken whatever consequences came and dealt with it then. They were not mm-hmm. going to play against the Clippers. Unless something mm-hmm. was done, if Dave, if Donald Sterling had said, "I hate gay people. I don't, you know, I don't want you bringing gay people around my games. You know, they're disgusting." Those players would not have threatened to walk off the court. Those games would have gone on no matter what Adam Silver did, and it would have been mm-hmm. because his hand would not have been forced. Possibly not. Possibly not. And but also, also, uh, like you said earlier. This is kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So when you look at his history, it, it, like of course Adam Silver said it was it wasn't that statement. Um, it, was, it was just that statement, not everything beforehand. But we know that to be not the case. And, and if you look at his history, you have to add that in with the statement. So if he was if it was uh, an issue of him disrespecting someone gay or a woman or whatever, his history wouldn't have played that big of a part because the public sentiment was so crazy because everything snowballed out of control and all this history came out about what he's been saying about minorities um, and his own players and employees and even his tenants for years, you know, so that history came into play. And, and, and regardless of what the commissioner tells us, I mean, that played a part because it also played a part in why the players felt the way they did. Um, why, you know, across the country, people have, you know, been talking about this guy the way they have is because of his history. It wasn't just this one thing. Yeah, and I do. I do think it's a big part of it. I think the fact 
of the matter is that he had said I think it's a sliding scale of that kind of stuff. I mean, banned for mm-hmm. life. I think again, if if he was Robert Kraft and everyone said, "Oh, the greatest guy in the world, the big pro, you know progressive humanitarian," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just that came out, it it, it would probably have been a suspension and sensitivity training. But I don't think it would have been banned for life. I think I think Sterling got it because of everything he did, and then the coup de grace. Sid said it's in a predominantly African American league, those guys yeah. are offended. I think if it was I think it was eighty percent gay players and an owner came out and said something anti gay, I could see the gay players standing up and saying, We ain't playing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I found the commissioner's uh his his words to be interesting as well. He didn't say like, you know, you're suspended indefinitely. He said banned for life. Like his his language was, you know, uh you know, very demanding. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that that it did have a factor. Um but that's all because of his history. This guy has a nasty history, and all of it, you know, came back to kind of hurt him. He's been getting away with this for a long time, you know, because I it brought up a lot of questions for me because I also wonder how uh, Stern would have handled this if it was David Stern, you know. So this is an interesting topic. Again, yeah, the Stern stuff. The, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Sorry. There was just nowhere else to go. I mean, the Stern would have done the same thing. There was nowhere else to go. So? It was the only option. It was the only option. Yeah, <laughs> I bet yeah, Stern yeah. would have done the same thing. I think Stern would have been – Stern, he kind of coddled the guy. I mean, I was – I mean, I agree with you. I think it was in the end, you know, I, I think everybody thought it would be an indefinite suspension, and the ban for life just kind of was like, whoa. But then the background, it wasn't just the Warriors. I, there was a story that there were three of the NBA teams – yeah, I heard that three other well. teams and the Clippers said they were not going to play. So I think it was like, yeah, that, I think you're right. That would have been a huge black guy to literally have no playoff games Tuesday night because these teams ain't playing. Another and thing I find interesting is about... that with this whole thing, I mean, you know, she seems to get off uh, as well. No one's really talking about her part in this because, um, I mean, she came off disgraceful as well. You know, I, I wish Ooh, the, I could change the, my the, skin color. The, would never yeah. the mistress or – yeah, yeah, this this whole thing is just nasty. Like she came off terrible as well. And um but what do you guys think about the uh the whole privacy issue? I mean, do you think that 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 you know is going to be an issue or such a bad precedent? Well, the other thing that troubled me a bit is the idea of a private com I wouldn't want any of my private phone conversations being leaked to the public. It does not excuse at all what Sterling did, but I agree. It is, and, and I, it still hasn't come clear. She swears she did not release this. She said she taped it, but she didn't release it. She told the LA Times that somebody must have done it for money. So I'm still wondering how this got out, like who, mm-hmm. you know, how this all was handled because this conversation was in September. It wasn't last week. Yeah, yeah. It's a months old conversation that somebody was sitting on for a long time and. I'm wondering, did the TMZ pay a pretty penny to get access to it? Was she shopping yeah. around? Was a friend of her shopping around? And that's the big, that's to me one of the untold stories, how this tape kind of got into the public uh, bloodstream. And what happens when a player gets caught saying something, uh, you know, uh, unsavory um, by their mistress or their wife or something? You know, I, I just want to see what, what this means moving forward. So that is also another interesting twist in this whole story. Well, another interesting twist to me that nobody's really talked about is is Donald Sterling telling his girlfriend, by all accounts, you can go have sex with whoever you want. Yeah. And no, especially speaking of Magic Johnson, of all people, like, I mean, like, come on, like, you know, no one talks about, you know, but Magic Johnson, like, you can have sex with him? Uh, I don't know about that, like. 
Yeah, that, that's amazing. I mean, the whole thing was, and my mouth was open listening to it, like, wow, she's serious. You know. That's interesting. Like, you, I mean, because, I mean, Magic does have HIV, and 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 that's, that's I didn't even think of that piece of it. Yeah, like, if you tell a woman to speak to anybody, Magic Johnson of all people, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he had this weird double. Just don't bring them to in my present. Why do you have to bring them to my games? Why, you know, you could have sex with them. You could. It, was just, it really was kind of. Those, and I know John Stewart kind of had that quizzical thing. Like it's really kind of. It's kind of a weird racist. Uh, usually, it's like you didn't want the black person sleeping with the white woman, right? Wasn't that the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. You know, that was like, hey, sleep with anybody you want to. <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh man. even back in the in the plantation crazy. days, the white the white plantation owners would would have sex with the or, or rape the black women. So, mm-hmm. this, yeah, and that that's kind of what it sounded like. And I know that he's been on record of saying in the past he told uh, uh, Elgin Baylor that he 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 foresaw his team um, like a plantation with all the black guys playing for a white coach. Um, you know, who's, who's a plantation runner. So he's this guy has a history of saying all kinds of off the wall things. But this is what Elgin Baylor said was, you know, com- communicated to him in his suit. Yeah, well, certainly you know, one, so, clip, one, one clipper player, I think, had been with the team for 12 years, and someone said the title of his new memoir is 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there were, the, the, the analogy, you know, it, it's kind of crazy um, to hear him talk that way in, in 2014. I mean, it, it's just time for this guy to go. I mean, he hasn't been a great owner to begin with, Um but it's still interesting to me to, to, to have a private conversation lead to all this. But though, that's the time we're in. I mean, the information spread so fast, and, and, and the vitriol and everything went against him very fast. I mean, you can't you can't have that kind of behavior these days. Well, the anecdote that came out of the Sports Illustrated story that was written 14 years ago, and the, the editors would not allow this anecdote in the story because they thought it was too sensational, where Clipper's son, then son about 12, uh, he was trying to sign Danny Manning and Manning and his agent at Sterling's house, and Sterling gets pissed off at his son and walks upstairs and, like, whips the crap out of him with a belt to the point where the agent runs up and says, stop, stop, we'll sign the contract. I mean, oh, man. And, the SI, and, the S, and the SI reporter said he put all this stuff in the store, and the owner said, oh, my God, this can't be true. I mean, you know, you're demonizing the guy, and, it, you know, yeah. this was 14 yeah. years ago this was all out. So, And this is what I'm saying. Nice, You've been getting away with it for so long. It's sort of like, you know, uh, that, that, that's, that's what makes the whole thing interesting. It seems like a Law & Order episode, like how the information get out there. Because it sounds like they were looking for a way to get rid of the guy, and they finally got it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like when you watch a movie and, you know, some you – like, I, I don't know if you guys watch The Wire, but watching The Wire, um, you see a lot of, of characters get away with a lot of things, and they end up, you know, dying or going to jail with the smallest thing. It's sort of like Al Capone, right? Al, Al Capone, everything Al Capone did, and he goes to jail for tax evasion. Like, this guy has done all kinds of things, racial discrimination in housing, and he ends up going down at the hands of a tape and his mistress. It's kind of crazy. Usually involves I know that's a wild analogy, but those are the kind of things I think of. Like, you know, <laughs> as much as this guy has done, it's like Al Capone going to jail for, like, tax evasion. You know, they finally got you, but they got you. Yeah. Sex will do it every time. Jimmy, well, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your your, your comments Absolutely. and your thoughts, and always fun talking with you. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having me on. Jimmy. I appreciate it, and uh, great dialogue, you guys. I love the show. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take it easy. All right, that was Jimmy Williams from uh, War Room Sports. 
they have uh, they got they have radio, they have a website, they're all over Twitter. So we'll uh, we'll be sure on Twitter just kind of to tweet out their handles, people can follow them. So you know, I, I, I when you and I were talking about guests, I thought it was just important to have a a, a black person you know talking with us because you know they can always bring a different perspective and it's. I'm talking with Wade Davis about it. I know it's it's sometimes it's just stuff you don't really think about as a white person. Yeah, because I think you know I think every black person, no matter how successful, has had incidents where they've been you know you know driving while black or stopped or whatever, and it's just these little indignities that I've never had to put up with in my life. And very successful people said it's happened to them over their life, so they see it in a way that I could never and you could never, even if we try to understand the issue and. I think the same thing, you know, having a panel where there's no gay people on and you're talking gay issues. You know, you need a an LGBT person to sort of talk about what uh, what that's like. So I think that that's why diversity is important in that in that kind of, you know, those kind of decision making things and, and a dialogue. We shouldn't be talking about others, have the others talk to us. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was um well it's again and those guys are great we have for war room sports. And and I just you know I, I know that when I heard the stuff the, from from Sterling, my my immediate thought was there was no way I stepped foot on the court that Sunday uh-huh. uh, and, and play for that team. But uh, you know I, I understand the players doing. I understand them. You know I'm sure the NBA got to their agents or Doc Rivers and said, listen, give us give us a couple days and we'll handle it. Because they, uh, they must have. Otherwise, they don't know how those players. Yeah, I, Doc Rivers, I think so. They must. The there must have been. Hey, give us some time to sort this out and investigate it. It'll be quick. It'll be because he even announced as early as maybe it was even Sunday night or maybe it was but you know Tuesday at two o'clock Eastern time he was going to announce all this. So they really move very quickly. Yeah, I think if they had done something Sunday, it would have been really maybe messy. And by, by you know, I think there was some signal that hey, we're going to we're going to deal with this. So just give us give us a chance. He said he didn't decide <laughs> decide what to do until Tuesday morning when he woke up. But I have to believe that was that was simply the lawyers trying to figure out every single action he could possibly take. Yeah, exactly. That, that was clearly one of the yeah yeah one of the half dozen actions he could have taken from whatever to whatever, and that was one of them. And he probably said, you know, I'll take this out of column A and this out of column B, and this will be the deal. Yeah. Well, it is, it is interesting if he if he had said this stuff, used that kind of language about, well, not his girlfriend having sex with gay people, but maybe lesbians. Like uh, you can you can go have sex with all lesbians, but I don't want them around my games or or, or stuff like that. I, there's no chance. There's no chance that it would still be on Sports Center. That it would that he that he would there would be talk of removing the team from him. They just wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not sure there there should have been. I mean, I think a lot of it too is you're talking about a theoretical. I think you know I, I'd like to know what the example would be, but I'm not exactly sure that I would say yeah, it's a it's a pure equivalent you know equivalency in my mind. Just given him and he's just so I mean it's kind of like like this really is like the last final deal. They finally woke up after 30 years and said uh, we have this cancer <laughs> as one of our owners. We got to do something. You know that you know uh, <laughs> Paul Tagliabue and, and uh, Roger Goodell are just thinking, why couldn't Al Davis have done this ten years ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. really. <laughs> Say some things when you got rid of the Raiders. <laughs> exactly. 
though, though Al was so like out front on on race issues. That would have been interesting if if, if that tape had come out about Al Davis. Well, I think the players wouldn't have believed it. I mean, well, yeah, like he hired the first he had the first black coach and he had the first black first coach. Hispanic coach. I yeah. mean, it's it, it's and and the black players just loved him. Yeah, exactly. He was always in, you know, this is back in the day when some of them still had a hard time getting signed by certain teams in the old NFL and with the AFL Al Davis was you can he was the first if you can play, you can play. I don't care what you do off the off the field. As long as you can run a four two forty you can play. Yeah. And then Al as started losing his mind and it was down over there. Yeah. Uh any big plans while you're in Iowa City, Jim? Uh, I'm going to take a nap right now, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll judge when I'm clear-minded. But there's a lot of cool restaurants to go to. I want to maybe go to that Amana Colony, the Mennonite Colony, out just a few miles from here, which I haven't been to before. So, but you know, well, when you're tired, all you there. think about is taking is sleeping, and that's what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we will check back next week when we're both back in Los Angeles. All right. All right.